2: The Ball Podcast. Welcome to the show, special international break show. Dan here, along with Michael, in a show that's brought to you by West Yorkshire Electrical. If it's got wires, they will work with it. Should we say powered by West Yorkshire Electrical?
3: Hey, it's a good one, that. Yeah, might start using that. Powered by solar, or by battery storage, two things they do. When I mean, we're not here, we're in the office, yeah. we haven't got those things, but if we wanted them, and we're willing to pay for them, that's where I'd go. <laughs> Thanks. So uh, <laughs> yeah, great. Likewise, if wanted fire alarms or CCTV and stuff,
2: but you uh, needed to spread the cost. There's finance available. Cost there is. Yeah, from yeah. Your home work and your business work. And what if you locate? uh it's called West Yorkshire Electrical. But what if I'm in North Yorkshire or even it's East Yorkshire? That's
3: no, fine. We'll go there.
2: Yeah, we'll go there. That's good of them, isn't it? And what if I'm out, just outside? I'm not lucky enough to live in Yorkshire. I'm outside of Yorkshire. Speak to them anyway. Yeah, you never know. No, they will. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah, they will. That's that's what I'm teeing you up for. Okay. Right. Cool. Anyway, uh, we're doing an international break special now. Um, checking in on old friends. So we're heading off to Italy and we'll explain why as we as we go here. Um, introduce our guest for today as well, Chris McMenemy. Chris, you're a Leeds fan? Unfortunately so, yeah. From Northern Ireland? Unfortunately so, yeah. <laughs> and cover the Italian game as well? <laughs> yeah, fortunately so. I would say. So so how did that come about, first of all, and where, where did the interest come from? And obviously give a plug to um, to TMG Italia.
4: Yeah, um, it's a, it, I'm sort of used to it now because people say... Oh, you're a Leeds fan? Why are you a Leeds fan? Well, my dad. But then I can't really say why are you like a tough fan of Italian football. Like you're not looking at my face and going, "Oh, he's obviously got relatives from <laughs> from Naples."
3: Um, All <laughs> the complaints. Oh yeah, yeah.
4: Um, I think it, it was mostly just from like growing up. For me, it was watching the Champions League on a Tuesday and Wednesday, and you would get like Arsenal versus Leon on a Tuesday, and then Milan Deportivo on a Wednesday. So always sort of been in, into it since I was a kid, but more so in the last few years is it was probably a little bit of an escape from Leeds to have something that wasn't that wasn't Leeds and then in the last couple of years I just decided to start writing about it and that's where TMG Italia came into it because um, you're too young for the Channel 4 era well, of, I, do, I do remember Golazzo because I used to think he said Galazzo and I was mm. like oh he didn't, didn't know they were aligned to the far right on Channel 4 <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah I remember that and then it was on Channel 5 for a while but that was like the real dark days of Serie A where like games were being called off for fans getting shot in the way to the stadium and I mean it was between God knows what and Channel 4 or Channel 5 sorry Um. So where do we find TMG Italia then give a plug for the uh, socials website and all that At TMG Italia on Twitter and Instagram and TMG we've got a newsletter now which covers some sensible Italian football stuff and then I'll try and throw a Leeds reference in there whatsoever I mean Tommaso Bianchi got a, a shout out this week um, it's probably the, the most positive news he's had in the last few years, I would say. I so. suspect we're going to get onto him at some
2: point mm. during this um, this chat. So, Italy, the obvious jump off point then is Willy Nonto. We're in the international break. He's been relegated from the Italy grown up squad to the 21s. And, well, you wonder what sort of impact that's going to have on his opinion about Leeds and his the progress of his career so far. But we are actually recording um, a couple of days ago now. He scored for uh, the 21s against San Marino, were they yeah. playing? Yeah, yeah. So, a bit of a local derby.
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you look at the, the Italy squad, it's, it's certainly not a classic squad, but there are five wingers there who are all better players than Nanto, and they're all playing in top leagues, and they're actually starting, which Nanto isn't. Nonto I mean, he, I thought last week in the in the, the Plymouth game, he was like, he, I know he only came on for a few minutes, but he just didn't really look that bothered. I don't think much this season. He hasn't looked like the player that he should in the Championship. Like when you compare him to Somerville, who's ripped the Championship apart, like he should be doing that week in, week out. And you do wonder how much everything that happened this summer has played a role in that. But there's no reason he should be in the Italy squad. It's not. It was. I don't think he was dropped because of everything that's going on. I think there are just better
2: options there. Do you think maybe him being elevated to the senior squads has maybe distorted his view, maybe his agent's view as well, of his position in the world and was it more of a a thing that Mancini, when he was the Italy boss, because he's not anymore obviously, brought him forward, accelerated his progress a little bit because he liked him in particular and now it's kind of regressing to the mean a little bit but in the meantime it's kind of distorted his own perception of himself. I think
4: Mancini's a bit of a dramatic so I, I think him actually picking Nonto was kind of saying I have so little attacking options I have to pick this guy from the Swiss League who's 18, who although he was playing quite well in the Swiss League, I don't think Mancini would want to be picking an 18 year old in that team and granted he came in and he did well like I remember they, they drew 0-0 with England they played them at uh, Wolves Ground it's like last summer or t- last summer 2022 and he, he played quite well but like you know you, you shouldn't be p- playing a player that age unless they're you know Jude Bellingham or somebody like you're Italy Italy shouldn't be playing an 18 year old who plays for Zurich let alone an 18 year old who's playing for Leeds at the bottom of the Premier League What's the perception of him then in Italy at the minute then? I don't think there really is one. I mean, I was looking at the the tweets around when he played against San Marino and he scored the two goals and there was a couple of people saying, oh, I'd love to see him sign for X. And you're going, well, that's all well and good, but none of those teams have any money to spend. I mean, talk, pe- talking about, uh, oh, I'd love to see him sign for Inter Milan on loan in, in January. And on loan is what it would be because they're not spending... If least want 20 million, like no one in Italy is spending 20 million on anyone, let alone Nanto, in January, unless... You know, you lose a player, in which case you probably want somebody a bit more proven than a eight, or a nineteen-year-old, twenty-year-old who's not really playing in the championship. Did you know much about him before he signed for Leeds, having seen him for Italy and stuff? Because he
3: was—I'll be honest—I would not seen a single minute of his until we until I was watching bits on
4: YouTube when it seemed he was arriving. I knew him from Football Manager, right? Back <laughs> when he was known as De, as a Degnand Wilfred Nanto, so he wasn't even Wilfred. It wasn't—I don't think actually his actual first name, but. He was like a striker at Inter Milan and was always one of those like wonder kid players in the game. And then he went to Zurich, which a, a lot of like Inter Academy players seem to like either go to Switzerland, like DeMarco, who's their their left back now. He went to Switzerland for a couple of years and came back. They'll leave for Switzerland or leave just to go and get first team football somewhere else because you're not getting, not that many players break into the first team at a young age in Italy. So I knew of him as a sort of short striker, but which he did, he did play quite a lot at the centre in Zurich. I think Leeds was the first time he's really been used out and out as a winger. And he played as a, as a striker for the 21s as well.
2: Just talking about big fees in Italy has just made my mind cast to Charles de Catalare, who obviously Milan nicked him from under our Premier League noses mm-hmm. and he's gone now from Milan. Was that fee that they forked out for him something of an exception to the rule then in
4: Italy at the minute? Yeah, that that was a big punt and they I mean uh, Paolo Maldini was their director of football he was sacked in was April time maybe or s- sacked towards the end of last season I'm trying to think did they sell anyone that summer I don't think they did I suppose they sold Tonali this summer which might have paid for some of it but that that's quite a large fee to be spent on someone who wasn't proven like uh, M- Milan has spent a bit, bit more money and they spent a lot of money this summer but I don't, I don't see them... Well, they, they don't need a winger. Inter might feel that they need another attacker, Juventus. But all, all those teams, like the two teams are linked with Nanto, Lazio and Roma. Neither of them are going to be in upwards of 10 15 million unless they absolutely have to. Do you think we've dodged a bullet
2: then with Ducatelare? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we've obviously gone down, so it's not like we can say we, <laughs> we had the last laugh. Yeah. But, I mean, but in I, terms of how his, his career has gone, I mean, in Italy.
4: Well... Going to Atalanta is kind of like it's a bit of a rescue project. So they they obviously see something in them. They're they are like the original Brighton. They're what what sort of Brighton probably would have based themselves off. I'd say like they're if you look at they have a huge footprint around Italy of of players that are playing at, at top levels. Like um and even like academy players like Kulisevsky at, at Spurs was at Atalanta. Atalanta picked Romero from Spurs. They picked him up from Juventus and turned him into like a quality player and made a huge profit on him. So I think they obviously see something in him. Um, I actually haven't watched that much of Atalanta this season but I think he, he scored in one of his early games I'm pretty sure because I remember the whole thing like oh he didn't score all last season of course he scores like a very Leeds way to, to look at it like, well, <laughs> of course he scores in his first game but um, he's very young. I don't want to discard players. I saw people saying like oh you know if a player's good when they're 18, 19 like I, I don't believe that for a second.
2: Yeah, takes time to settle in any club yeah. doesn't it and changing countries and it seems like a bit of a home bird does the Catelaro like um, you know still live with his mum or whatever he did, he did I don't know if he still yeah. does Um, you tend to follow the football mums around don't you so uh, yes that's right yeah, Mrs. she's she?
3: fine yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's settling well yeah uh, yeah I mean on the late blooming thing we've you've got Calvin Phillips as well who is he our example of when he was 18-19 you looked at him in the Leeds team and you were like "Yeah, he seems fine he seems like a perfectly functional midfielder and then has gone on to be brilliant and he's now potentially on his way to Italy
4: yeah that, that's an exciting one because um, I'd seen, you know, he's linked to Spurs and he's linked to Newcastle. I, I, I mean, him going to Newcastle would just be the most unromantic, horrendous move <laughs> to just go there and take, you know, 400 grand a week to clap for the Saudis. Juventus feels like there's like an element of the John Charles about it. Like I, I quite like it, I, even if it would only be for... A six-month loan. but good, good honest club like Juventus he needs to go to. Oh, what yeah. You're yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never broke, bent the rules, those guys. Yeah, Calvin, don't talk to the referees. It's, it's sorted already. Don't say anything. How's that been perceived over there as well then, the, um, in the Italian media? Uh Gazetta, we're talking about a Gazetta Dello Sport, which is the main paper over there. They were talking about it yesterday and it was sort of saying about how they call him Pirlo, but he's more like Pitbull, which is a reference to Gattuso. And I think that's fair, as opposed to the uh, the US, Mr Worldwide, comedy rapper, yeah, <laughs> Mr Three Hundred Five. Yeah, well, I mean, m- maybe to some of Calvin's family he would be considered Mr Worldwide going to Turin. <laughs> like that's a that's a big move. Uh, I know his when his, his late granny was alive, she didn't want to move him to Birmingham, so I wonder what she would have thought of what she would have thought of Turin. She... Posh, yeah, I know, posh over there. Do we need Calvin getting on the pasta and the pizza? I suspect not. Uh, well, I mean, this is the thing when they say about oh, like the, the, the diet out there if you look at Lukaku Lukaku is at his physical best when he was living in Milan and then he went to Chelsea and like just I don't, don't know if he necessarily ballooned but it, it's like a Formula 1 car one small thing goes wrong and the whole machine stops working like, yeah he looks a lot better, and I think... The, like, it's just a lazy stereotype, isn't it? Past I know, pizza, I but, know. But you do wonder, don't yeah. you? Yeah, I, th- I don't think they're eating, like, dolmeo over there with <laughs> loads of <laughs> sugar and salt. I think Could you imagine? I think they're they're picking it from someone's garden and then going there, by the way. But okay. there was that whole clip of McKenney whenever he was in the Juventus documentary asking mm-hmm. about ranch sauce and... The absolute disgust on the face. Like Chiellini was going <laughs> to strangle him to death there <laughs> Do
2: you think Calvin would do all right in... in- Turin, is there a need for him in that Juventus side, do you I think? I think
4: there is. So if you look at, they they have a, they play like a 3-5-2 at the minute and they have McKennie playing in midfield. So, I mean, cue the, the shutters of anyone listening to this. Think of Weston McKennie in centre midfield. But they've got a couple of decent, sort of more attack-orientated midfielders playing further back. So I could see Phillips coming in, sits in front of the back three, lets those two midfielders push on a little bit. I mean, the, the one of the opinion pieces about him said that this is the final cog for us to win the league. So no pressure there. With McKennie actually in the team, what's happened to him? Because the, I don't think
3: we ever saw the right version of him, did we? It felt like he came in and then Adams was injured and then it became clear we were going down and he wasn't staying anyway. And it just felt like his heart was not in it from quite early on. But like, what is he like as a player? Because I've seen him play for USA a few times, watched him play multiple times for Leeds and was consistently poor yeah.
4: But to get in the team like Juventus you've got to be half decent well he's playing as a right wing back at times somewhere between midfield and, and right wing back but Juventus uh, like it's 3-5-2 probably 5-3-2 men behind the ball type of football they played Fiorentina a couple of weeks ago they went 1-0 up after like 8 minutes had one shot the whole game 21% possession like it's not an up and down <laughs> that's, classic, that's, a, that's a classic Italian performance isn't yeah, it? yeah like yeah. He, it, the Italian league is sort of it's gone the other way like it's become quite exciting but Allegri is sort of like no we're going to do it my way we're going to sit <laughs> back and defend and defend and defend and a lot of teams like even with Leeds under Bielsa there was times where teams would sit back and you all Leeds would do is hit crosses at them and you've got three defenders in there just heading away absolutely everything so that's sort of how Juventus have been playing this season people call it like, like Allegri ball or terrorist ball and stuff like that <laughs> like real, the sort of football Twitter nonsense but I think McKinney I did see someone say, he's great when he plays at wing-back, but when he plays in midfield, he's pointless because he's no creativity, which you can sort of get from watching him play for Leeds. I went to see Juventus play Inter Milan uh, about two years ago, and he was playing in like, as like the advanced midfielder in a 4-4-2. And I didn't really know that much about him, other than having seen him in like video games before. But like, I was like, this guy's dreadful. He couldn't. He couldn't pick a pass to save his life. Really, like he was right. just abysmal. Like he was not. A, and then I looked him up after, and it's like, oh, he's more of a defensive midfielder. But he was playing as like a sort of pseudo number ten. But yeah, it's the same question I've got. I don't really know what he does. What does he do? What What is he? His... Seems to like the engine to play yeah. as
3: a deep as a deep line defensive midfielder. But yeah. then, like you said, didn't have the creativity to be
4: threading through balls. Yeah, it, He he does look a bit more at home at wing back because all he really has to do is defend. And yeah, it, so it's not a wing back that's going up past the halfway not line not really right. no because um, on the other side they'll have uh, Kostic, who's more of a winger so it's like one of those sort of like hybrid formations where it's like mm-hmm. a 3-5-2 or a 4-4-2 four, four, right it'll switch you yeah. to which side you're on or whatever yeah, yeah so like even more attacking player on one side and then West and McKennie on the other the right. Enigma yeah a strange yeah a strange thing I felt like we never saw the best
2: of him or I never saw him full stop really did we he just, he just seemed to just turn up and just mooch around for a bit and then go it was, yeah. it was weird I, I I think in years to come we'll look back on it as a really yeah enigmatic period.
3: Physically he still looks the same though. still looks like a bit too big to be playing
4: football. Yeah but I don't think he's helped he does have like quite a big face like yes, he's also had he like quite a big face and I think it's fine to have a big frame but I know Leeds fans have called him fat and stuff like that but you look at him at Juventus he doesn't look any different but nobody really seems to talk about that there I think they just more consider him as like he's not very good unless he's just <laughs> up and down making tackles interceptions Given it the you, creative
2: players. by his own
4: admission he was
2: not in shape when he was at Leeds he said didn't he in an interview more recently that that was the case
4: yeah I moved to Leeds in early March and it was very cold and I wasn't in shape so um, <laughs> I, I, I know how he feels I was going to say I'm not going to be pointing any fingers at <laughs> yeah. all but, uh, is the talk of a new contract for him then potentially yeah, I at Juve if it's not already done it seems to be in the process of being done although I think it's I think it might only be the 2025 so they weren't really sure what to do with him in the summer, but they're another one. So uh, Pogba, he's been done for doping. He's out, I think he's banned for two years. And then uh, Niccolò Fagioli was the first one to be banned for the betting scandal. He's out for 10 months, which is <laughs> also why they're linked with Calvin Phillips. But they've not got much of a squad. Like They're, they're quite threadbare beyond the, the, the starting eleven. which obviously why Phillips is also linked. And your old friend, Rodrigo DePaul, Yes, has been linked. So, if you, could you imagine a midfield of Calvin Phillips, Weston McKennie, and Rodrigo De Paul? Wow, when worlds collide! Mind yeah. you, speaking
2: of worlds colliding, Tommaso Bianchi, 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 yeah, uh, weighed in on the the Calvin Juventus thing. He's, he was the obvious go to guy for joining the clubs up. Sadly, yeah. in the absence of John Charles, we
4: uh, we had to go to Bianchi. Yeah, uh, that's sort of like whenever you see, is it like, I don't want to name any websites and get ourselves in trouble here, but it's one of those more clickbaity websites, and they're like. Star Striker says uh, Patrick Bumford needs to eat more greens, and then it's like Frank MacAvaney, and you're like, "Well, why are you asking Frank MacAvaney about Leeds?"
2: <laughs> so, what did Bianchi have to say then about uh, about Calvin? Good idea, bad idea? or Was he just talking
4: about Leeds, really? I, I I didn't even see this until this morning. Um, I think he's basically just saying, "Yeah, sign him." Yeah, I I I can imagine the interview was kind of like someone's just rang Bianchi and said, "Hi, I'm from Tudo Sport or whatever the website is." You fancy answering some questions about Calvin Phillips, and he's like, Yeah, I could probably do with a 50 euro. So, <laughs> yeah, because he's playing in the fifth division now. Oh, wow! Um, yeah, I was real... gonna say fall from grace, but well, yeah, I mean, it is semi professional, so he, it, you can't have a professional contract at that division. So, I, I'm I'm not sure, I don't know if he's taking up a second job, <laughs> I could see him s- as, like a PE teacher Just or spare something.
2: time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
4: <laughs> He can bring uh, Dave Hockaday, can't he, for tips being oh, a PE yeah?
2: teacher? So, it's I'll tell you what, let's talk about Chilino and the Chilino landfill, all that era in just a bit because I think it's probably important we catch up on our lone players yeah, who are at Roma you um, just said that
3: you know playing right wing back in, in that league isn't too difficult so, <laughs> so he, is, is someone making it look difficult so by Brassus,
4: what are you doing Um I was convinced he was going to be a centre back when he moved there because I saw Allardyce used him as a centre back mm. and maybe Mourinho was like oh my my prodigal son Sam Allardyce bring him in as a centre back but no he, he started the season he played the first game as, as a right wing back and I remember talking to you saying Look at the highlights of the game because it was there's like a 36 year old winger called Antonio Candreva who is, I mean, he's the Pablo of of Salernitana. Like he is, a, he was a fantastic player in his day, but he's also 36 and he just tore him inside <laughs> out. Like it was so bad. He's lost his place now to a guy called Rick Carstorp who I'm like 99 sure Mourinho was just like publicly calling out and saying that he wanted rid of him and he was a fraud and he's this that and the other last year so it shows you how desperate things are that they brought back the guy who Mourinho desperately wanted rid of I, I cannot for the life of me understand well I was going to say either move
2: Llorente is doing slightly better isn't he and that he's featuring but I, I just it doesn't make sense to me none of it
3: Llorente did have moments of looking like a good footballer yeah, I know he, he had some complete catastrophic performances as well and things where he had periods where just everything went wrong but at times he looked like a competent player yeah was Chris, just, He was just a bit out of. But Christensen yeah. in the start of last year, because we, he had quite a bit of hype around him, and he seemed to have played at a, an all right level, and he was in the national team, and he was like Jesse knew him from his style of playing and everything. He's like, okay, but I can sort of see the point of this. But then the more you watched him play, the more you were like, "When's he going to be good? Yeah, is he would, ever,
4: is he ever going to do anything good? I think he, I wrote he, him off after five minutes when he got <laughs> pushed off the ball by Pedro Neto. Because I remember like Rob Conlon trying to talk me down after the game. I was like, "Nope, nope, he's done." He's, he's he's obviously rubbish. He's been pushed off the ball by a overgrown child, basically. So he's supposed to be this big, hard Scandinavian. He does or he has looked like a dud
2: in the Leeds context anyway, pretty much since he arrived. Which is, you know, it's a shame. Like on a personal level, I feel for these people, but you are equally paid tens of thousands of pounds a week to do this job. So to criticism, criticism it, is going to, to, to belt it down the line. Yeah, is he still doing that in Italy? Because yeah. Italy, you know, if you, if you are, going to say, if you, if you are to kind of buy into the Italian stereotype, it's it's a technical league, isn't
4: it? Yeah, it's, I think there's a, it's a very, very tactical league. Like everything's so thought out. And the amount of times I've seen Christensen just go, oh God, and then just thump it down the line. And I know sort of Mourinho is quite park the bus, but like he just, he doesn't fit at all. He does not fit at all in how they want to play. And, or how any team wants to play, really? Like I, I, I don't get it. I'm sure he will go somewhere else, like maybe Germany or somewhere, and or maybe he will end up being turned into a centre back and do all right because he, he was. I thought he was actually at his best when he played as that sort of just thump it clear centre back. Yeah. in his last four or five games. Yeah, maybe maybe if you simplify his game and you say to him, all you need to do is give his tackle and give it to the midfielder.
2: What was Mourinho thinking? Because he's.
3: He's been around a very long time. Surely you'd think he's an all right judge
2: of a player, and he can't have watched him play last year. I suppose is it not related back to what Chris was saying before though, about like the level of finance within the league and the ability to pick players up who
4: are willing to come within budget and wages are not too big. That kind of thing. Mm, they know. do they do like to take a punt in Italy. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Maybe maybe they thought they saw something. Maybe they want wanted, wanted a, a wing back and thought they could put what do you call them? Christensen in at centre back. But like Irente started whenever he's been fit this season but that's partly probably because Chris Smalling has been injured since like the third week of the season but you, like Uriente by comparison has looked a lot better yeah. I think he yeah. actually looks like a decent defender at that level do either of them come back it's hard to imagine it I don't think anyone comes back I don't no. even think Jack Harrison no. comes back even if he's Everton are trying to pay pay with him on Klarna
2: <laughs> <laughs> which they could be yeah because uh, They've recently been deducted points, only 10 points in the Premier League, which is which is probably a discussion for a completely separate show another day. But um, I mean, of course, Victor Orta gave
3: Llorente that new contract to protect his value, didn't he? And then we've had uh, zero pounds for him for the last
2: mm, couple of seasons. It actually probably just makes it more difficult to get rid of him, doesn't yep. it? Because I, I suppose... Which if, is
3: what I thought when he first was given that contract. I thought, oh Christ, we're going to be paying him. But then there was the talk about, you no, know, Roma, again, that there's an obligation to buy in this loan from last season. Yeah. And then it... it transpired fairly quickly it was an option and then we went down so there was just an option to loan him again for no money so it's like well obviously yeah we'll take the cheap version please and then if we break him it's not our problem either you can just have him back
4: yeah I mean I think they will probably buy him at the end of the season if the money's right but I can't see them spending more than like 10 million on him which I think which would probably represent a decent return wouldn't it given he's not getting any younger either is he? he must be he's over 30 I thought he was was in his 30s now I don't know maybe he's he's not he looks like a haggard geography teacher to be fair so I think I'm trying to look up Diego Yorente. he's probably going to be like 32 and I've just thought because he has been around for a while he's 30 now oh
2: he's 30 yeah and will turn 31 in August so you're looking at him to basically turning 31 the same summer that he would sign potentially so if you were to get some money out out of it I suppose and you know from an FFP position which again another discussion for another day but his cost has mostly been written
4: off and we'd get a lot more back, wouldn't we? Mm. Relative to I'm what, not what sure. we we're on him. I'm not sure what the argument is and uh, if you're in a negotiating room, but a 31-year-old in at least quite young. Yeah. It, it, there's years ahead of him there.
1: Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry?
0: Down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless.
2: Have to get 30, 30, to get 30, better get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So
0: give it a try at MintMobile.com/slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes.
0: Nice dress.
2: Elsewhere then, mentioned Chilino before, Massimo,
4: he's still doing Chilino things, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's just been Massimo. He's threatening to sue Sampdoria and I think he's threat—he's threatening to actually take Sampdoria's shares because he says that Radrazzani still owes him for a loan that he took out to buy Ellen Road off Chilino whenever Radrazzani bought the club. But, the, I mean, there's no legal recourse for him to take Sampdoria's <laughs> shares, unsurprisingly. He used um, to always
3: do this, didn't he? It's like when there was a winding up order every week against us because people would be billing for stuff and it was deals he hadn't agreed but he obviously in buying the club he'd agreed but then he'd go oh, we're not paying that then a winding yeah. up order would come in and go alright we're going to pay that then. <laughs> I,
4: think, I, think, I think there's quite a a long list of people I think Mario Balotelli suing him um, okay. Fabio Grosso was their manager a few years ago is either still suing him to get his compensation I think basically Cellino keeps a rotation of like five managers under mm. contract at any time. Like I think Pep Cotet was sacked twice last season um, <laughs> because of the weird uh, there's like labour laws in Italy and then to do with uh, how managers can't work for two teams in the same season but in, in the Serie B now they've taken that out. If you get sacked before the 20th of December you can work for another team so a lot of manag- team, like I think nine teams have sacked their manager already so like people are going early but I mean if you're to track it I think Brescia have only sacked one manager. So I think if you wait until about April, then maybe Berardi will probably be in charge. Wow. So
3: we said that when he got that job, didn't we? We were like, yeah, he's gone in as under 19s coach or whatever, but he'll get his Eventually, chance. he'll get
2: his chance. And if he won't,
3: get, I mean, it won't last.
2: And all he needs to do is a moderate job. And we were saying if you could, if you just get yourself on that level, you know, get the platform to do it for a bit, a bit like you know, we were talking about in the context of uh, Michael Scubala, who's mm-hmm. managed Leeds for a couple of games in the Premier League and has, you know, probably got the, the Lincoln job mm-hmm. on the strength of, of that limited evidence but you could imagine there's a similar sort of argument to be made for Berardi and if you can tolerate working for Cellino and get if you get a couple of wins or something like that
3: what have his appointments been like obviously we know about Clotet but in his time at Leeds it was fairly random selections sometimes obviously Hockaday being the the most ridiculous thing that's probably ever happened to yeah. Leeds
4: there was two managers last season that lasted for two weeks each and then so it was Clotet and then I can't (laughs) remember one was and I can't remember what the other called the the other manager but then the guy who took over after them is the one who's just been sacked but like Brescia did get relegated last year the only reason they're still in the second tier is because Regina went bankrupt so they were like they ended up in the playoffs and they ended up going bankrupt and going down to the the fourth division so rather than uh, promote the team who finished who lost the playoff final in Serie A they actually hired, or they, sorry, they brought back Brescia, but this was like three weeks into the season. So Brescia had been playing midweek games to catch up. Oh, right. So they've lo- they've lost, fi- they, well, they lost four in a row before they sacked their manager, but they were like, basically Cellino said, oh no, I'm, I'm not going to sack him. You know, like we're, we're fully behind him. And then between saying that and sacking him, there wasn't a match that took place. They sacked him on a Friday <laughs> before a match at, at the weekend. So I think he just said, i oh, not just get rid of him. Uh, he, he, do you know what? The, I'm sure the manager will be back at, before the end of the season in some capacity. <laughs> it's
2: absolutely wild, isn't it? Is he still sat behind the dugout, do you think, um, barking out instructions and running things?
4: Yeah, it, um, one of the the local, like the, the the fan media pages said, they were like sort of talking about the game at the weekend, saying how uh, Gary, who's the, the under-20s coach, or under-19s coach who was taken over for that game, it's like, he'll be in the dugout, but Chileno will be sitting behind the dugout with his imaginary joystick. <laughs> and I was like, that's actually a really good way of putting it because yeah. it does feel like, you know, like um, they sacked, one of the managers got sacked last year because he tried to play possession football. Like, n- n- like just possession football, not, not necessarily like, you know, Bielsa football. It was just... He just wants someone to thump it long, like that's all he wants. They still <laughs> like a midfield diamond because that's what he he seemed to like at Leeds, wasn't they, it? They sometimes play a diamond, sometimes play a bit more of a back three, but um, it's not very exciting. They their most exciting summer signing was I don't know if you remember Berker Bjarnason, who played for Villa about seven years ago, mm. like long haired Icelandic guy. He's like thirty six, a, th- a midfielder. Like he scored in his first game, but I watched them recently and like his legs are gone. In terms of
3: undermining the managers, has he still got Gianluca Festa stalking the corridors as well, just peeping <laughs> <laughs> over someone's shoulder? I
4: don't think so. I've got a Gianluca Festa note here. I think he's he's kind of him and Nicolas Salerno both have just disappeared off the face of the earth, the face of the football on earth, that is. I'm not suggesting anything to, <laughs> to either of them. <laughs> Sleeping with the fishes. For the purpose of the tape. yeah.
2: <laughs> do we? Um, what do we know of the? Um, I was thinking like the sick note six, um, Antonucci, Charny. Belushki, Suleiman DeCaro, Del Fabro, Silvestri have all taken varying paths yeah. since, they, since Sil- they left. Silvestri off. got an
4: Italy squad, didn't he? Silvestri's quite a good goalkeeper. Like, he, he's done quite well for
3: himself. Overcame the terrible back injury that made him miss the Charlton game.
4: Yeah, he's also got dreadlocks now. I don't know if you've seen them, but like, mm. oh my God. He looks,
2: right. He looks rare. Yeah. <laughs> he looks so weird. He, um, he has reframed his time at Ellen Road recently hasn't he he's sort of said it was a, a lovely experience didn't feel like necessarily that he, he wasn't I, I do
3: sort of appreciate he wasn't a terrible goalkeeper he, a lot of his problems seem to come from smashing into defenders and a lack of communication yeah. which we did see both before and after him mm. so there were other factors
4: <laughs> yeah I, I think you could you could probably point to his time at Leeds and say that might have been a really good learning experience for him because he's he's only in his 30s now so He's sort of in his prime as a goalkeeper now. He mm. spent most of his time in Italy since playing for teams who have been in and out of relegation battles. Yeah. But he's done well for himself. And if it weren't for like Italy having sort of four decent national team standard goalkeepers, he probably would be in with a shout. It's wild, isn't it? What's Edgar Chani doing these days? Edgar Chani is, I don't know, working, working in te- whatever the Italian Tesco <laughs> is, maybe. I'm <yeah. laughs> working in a Carrefour. Because um, he was recently released. I was looking through his... I remember looking at him last season and being like wow he's playing in Serie D and then I looked at it the other day and I was like wow he's been released by that club from Serie D I think he, he, Lugano he I've got him on, yeah, on Wikipedia they um, I think he scored once in 14 games last year right which at that level like <laughs> sparkling
3: yeah he stood out as being a terrible footballer at a time when Leeds had a revolving door of
4: terrible yeah. footballers like you saw him and you were like what is this he, he looked, was one time a promising child actor Okay, so I Should mean, have stuck with yeah, career path. He was in a TV show called Carabinieri, which seems to be like an Italian version of The Bill. He was in an <laughs> episode, know, like, of like a that. police drama.
3: Yeah, every, but The Bill, though, famously, everyone was in The Bill, weren't they? Like every yeah. every single actor of the last twenty years had a had a little moment in there, an appearance at some
4: point. But he he was a thirteen year old Albanian immigrant in it, so right. I I, right. I can't imagine whatever he's supposed to have been doing in, as a grown in, man. <laughs> no this is in 2002. those
2: walking, walking, walking around on his knees with shoes attached to him
3: yeah. I know Wikipedia is not always uh, entirely accurate but it does seem that he scored 50 goals in his entire career playing up front which, which doesn't strike me as a great return it's not prolific is it not, no. really. not really it's more the record you'd expect from a
4: I don't know a fullback who takes penalties or something like well, that than... I, I feel like Tyler Roberts' career will look like that when it's finished but he he offers slightly more than I imagine uh, mm-hmm. Edgar Chani ever did, so it's a lot more acceptable than whenever Chani's just sort of farting about, not really offering very much. He looked like he'd be good in the air, but I
2: don't <laughs> even remember him being good in the air. Well, hang on a second. Can I read you what it says on his Wikipedia? Because this, I think, will will define mm. his uh, his career. It says, let me just find it. Style of play. Due to his height, Charney is renowned as a target man centre-forward with his strength being his heading ability and ability to hold the ball up to bring his teammates into the game. And do you know what the, uh, the source for that is? Because obviously on Wikipedia you need to like sign these to sources. It's mum. Italian Wikipedia. That's immediately what I thought. But no, it's the Leeds United official website. Oh, oh okay. That <laughs> bit of fluff. I bet if I click through to the article from 2015 it might no longer be there. Should we see? Just erased from history. Although actually the Leeds website has some
3: really ropey old stuff on it that you can occasionally find. Oh, no, so, no,
2: it's still there. Yeah. They,
3: they, they've had, <laughs> I think it's just a lack of organisation. I think the 49ers might just pull the plug
2: on the whole thing at some point. <laughs> but like, just pretend none of this stuff happened. On head coach Neil Redfern, the striker added, he's been very good. We spoke together before training and we have a good relationship. I wonder if uh, if Redders would agree with that assessment. Mm, I don't I'm know sure. if he even said that.
3: <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I've heard Redders talking about Charlie before and just basically... It was a shake of the head. Was <laughs> yeah. more, was more or yeah. less just like they yeah. gave they gave me this guy and well, there was a lot. I had to play him a bit to show how bad he was.
4: There was a lot of that time of players signing from a team being like, oh well, like they used to be good, and so he mm. like uh, Benedicic. It's like, mm. well, he came from AC Milan, so he must be good. No, yeah, he's not. So.
3: Is he still playing? He was back in. Was this Slovenia he's back in Slovenia, Slovenia
4: but I don't know if he's one of these ones who's been released by his club in Slovenia and it's mm. just like gonna end up. I don't know the Saudi third division.
3: He was with uh, Eleonora
4: Cholino wasn't he at some point? Well that was the the rumour wasn't it? They're not not a happy couple somewhere. I can't imagine so I I can't see her giving up her life in Miami to move to like some sort of provincial town in Slovenia. Yeah fair enough. I'm sure it's lovely but she doesn't seem the type. Right, Chris. Then before we we head off and wrap this show up, give us a, um.
2: You've got a sort of a quick fire list of of things yeah. we need to know about what's going on in Italy, ex players
4: and so on and so forth. So go we need for to it. know
3: about bit about Rodgersani as well. It's, it's going well for him.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's going slightly better now though, because ah. they've won their last two games. So if you ever go onto like a like a Sampdoria fan news page, and if you just type in Rodgersani into the search bar, go back to the start, you can work your way up to just see how it's gone. So up and. Last week, it was sort of like slightly more positive talks of new investors. Ah, uh, let me guess, is, it, is it the Qataris? I was going to say, is they still pretending it was the Qataris? Yeah, I think it translates roughly as an important investor, but it doesn't mean important. It, it's the, like Fabrizio Romano uses that term. It's more just like a big investor, mm. like a like a big backer. But, um, I think they basically admit that they, they don't have the backing to, to save this club by itself. They would have to get promoted this year and survive. Otherwise, like you don't make money in that division and I think they owe a lot of money but they've won their last two games which uh, Radrizani was at he was in the dressing room after the beat Palermo oh. giving it one of those there like I love you so much I haven't been here for six weeks guys well you've lost all those matches but now that you've won I'm back yeah well they are currently if the table is up to date I'm looking at 15th in the yeah. 20, 20 team league
2: um, on 13 points but you've got a couple that are quite far adrift but um, there's some others down there that
4: are within touching distance so I I better be a relieved man if they can stay up yeah, he was spotted in Milan having lunch with Ibrahimovic so I, I know Ibrahimovic is retired but maybe he's trying to go well you know you fancy six months stick you up top give you 50 quid a week
2: just come and do some photos even if you don't play that's yeah. absolutely fine so yeah so that's Rads. So what else have we got
4: we've got I'll start with a positive one Ronaldo Vieira's career revival Yep, has been fantastic this season for he's been like the main man in midfield for Sampdoria which people weren't really expecting because he was sent out on loan last year and sort of, I think it, he was done. There was the chance that it could have been the midfield, the Bielsa midfield graveyard would have been Vieira, Mickey Croissants, and Harry Winks would have been their midfield <laughs> I, I went to see Sampdoria play last season and they played Fiorentina and they're awful. Winks moved like the Titanic, like recently. And, um, <laughs> Cuisance came on and just did not look bothered whatsoever. I think he's he's in the German second division now. I think he, he's more or less finished. Um, Alaka Preil he's injured. He's come back from injury. He's signed by Napoli in the summer. Who the same family owns Napoli and Barry, right? Who he signed for? So I wonder what the what the what the deal was there. The mm, Seven I million euros. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So he's he's at Napoli, but he's on the bench now because he's been injured for the last two months. So I think he'll probably end up back in the second division. And, but he was the Serie B goalkeeper of the year last year so I think he's quite well thought of. Caleb Ekuban he's at uh, Genoa I saw them I saw Caleb Bacuban being marked by Giuseppe Belushi in May <laughs> which was which was great. Belushi like he just he clearly still has it in his head but like his body's just like a yard off the pace and he was at fault for both the goals that day like he just doesn't have it anymore but he's been playing flat out this season because they've had loads of injuries at, at Ascoli and Serie B Bianchi, as I said, he's back in the, the fifth division now. He's with Siena. He's the, actually their captain. Siena went bankrupt. They were in Serie A 20 years ago, but they ended up in the third division. They could, went bankrupt in the summer. There's something to do with a uh, Russian-sympathising Armenian gang involved. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, don't, I don't know Which if I want to go Which as far as we'll go on Yeah, say, I don't yeah, want yeah. to get novichok so <laughs> they could try try and avoid that one. Um, uh, beyond that, uh, Dario Del Fabro he's he's in Switzerland now he doesn't really matter anymore the one of the uh, the one of the 6-6 six, six that everyone went who? Wow. <laughs> but why? Why, are you, why, have you, why have you even bothered going on strike? he was on contract under contract with Juventus until like last summer mm. something crazy like that I'll give you this one Andrea Dacor son yep. of Olivier signed for Sampdoria wow so you could have Dacor and Vieira in midfield nice. for, for Sampdoria pretty soon is he a similar sort of player? To his dad, I have no idea. To me <laughs>
3: his, his dad was so good;
4: he was, he was yeah, brilliant. Wasn't I can't, it? I can't imagine he is. Yeah, one um, of my, he was one of my favourite players from that team. And then, do you remember Federico Viviani? Yes, we, we well. I sign? say, I say, yes, I remember the name. Yeah, he, was it, he showed up the Chesterfield, the Chesterfield yes. game, said, no, and no, then you. no, this isn't for me, thanks. So he was at Brescia last season under Cellino, and basically midway through the season, they signed Adrián. And they didn't have any more space in the squad so they had to take one player out. So they took Viviani out of the squad. No. So Viviani shows up to the training. He's been locked out of the the training ground and starts like videoing all this putting it on Instagram saying I'm going to sue and this that and the other. <laughs> so he ended up training by himself for the rest of the season. Wow. And well obviously left in the summer but I thought that was like a real chileno moment. Yeah. Of, like two potential ex-leads players. To hell in. with and, the
2: consequences.
4: Yeah. How was Adrian doing? Because he was with Berardi, wasn't he, in Switzerland for a brief period. Yeah, I think. and then he went to Brescia last season and he scored, he scored in one of the games, but I don't think he was really fit. I think he'd been like, he, supposedly he's like a massive poker player. Mm. So he's been up, up late nights playing like poker and casinos are about the spot. And, uh, what a life. He, he got released in the summer. So I mean, if even Cellino is releasing him, you have to wonder what's next for him. World Series of Poker, I bet. Well, yeah, him and that, Dan Bilzerian guy
2: guy um, Chris thanks for coming in and um, giving us that update where can we find
4: TMG Italia again just remind us uh, TM, at TMG Italia on Twitter TMG for the website where you can sign up for a free newsletter every week if you want to hear about Italian football if you don't sign up anyway <laughs> um, yeah and you get you get your leads mentions in there as well yeah I've, there'll be there'll probably be a lot of Berardi especially once he's manager by the end of the season <laughs> and then they all sort of I would say dig at Sampdoria, but if they're doing well, maybe I'll maybe I'll be nice about Radwazani for once. Just ignore him. Yeah, or don't give him the attention he cries. Right, we'll wrap it up there. Cheers, Chris,
2: we'll see you Cheers. soon. The Square Ball Podcast. Hey,
0: it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?